0: there. Christ for Youth International exists to grow youth in fellowship and in honor of our Lord, to be like well-natured plants and pillars to adorn, so we can reach out to our generation with the principles of Christ's leadership. Welcome to the Ahava Dantuman Podcast. We hope you are blessed as you listen to this message. Lift up your hands. Father, thank you so much. What a blessing. What an honor to be in your presence. We honor you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take your seat, wherever you are. Right. We thank God so much for tonight. Um, are you excited to be in God's presence? Amen. Last week, I shared a few things with us. And um, hopefully, I, I pick it up from the projection team. Remember that today, I know. You're not um projecting the scriptures you just um type out what I say even today I just have like two verses so just type out what i say don't let's let's all read from our Bibles. amen but it's good to see you after um i was yesterday I was with pastor Nuhad, and I was sharing with him how it's it's difficult preaching after camp it's I feel like it takes me so much. And I realize I've been slow from the beginning, but <laughs> God has been good. Amen. So last week, we looked at how to have a great year after camp, right? And, um, amongst other things, we looked at how to keep your fire burning. Because you realize that every time you go for camp, anytime we wait on God, there's a stirring in our hearts and a stirring in our spirits, right? And, um... I think we also looked at the principle of first things first, right? We looked at having your devotion and um, the blessing of having your devotion, right? Tonight, I'm sharing on um, three principles of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Three, telling about three principles of the kingdom. Right. Amen? We have been on a journey of, thank you, Jesus, of the kingdom for the past four or so years as a ministry because we believe that when Jesus came, he came to preach about the kingdom. He lived for the kingdom. He taught on the kingdom, right? And when you look in the, if you look at the life of Jesus, um, it is said that you obviously see four scopes, meaning that you can look at Jesus through some lenses. When you look at his teachings, his life one of them was that he had a message so four scopes of the kingdom he had a message the kingdom message the gospel of the good news the gospel of the kingdom that is there's life in jesus so jesus had a message when he moved on earth right if we are kingdom people we must also carry the same message are you in the house so the message of the kingdom yes then the next thing we also realize in jesus's life is that he went on to raise disciples the goal of the Christian life, if you've been in CY by now, you've heard it over and over. The goal of the Christian life is to become like Jesus. God hasn't saved us to become better versions of ourselves. The goal of the Christian life, Romans 8:29, 1 John 2:6, Ephesians 4:13, Ephesians 4:15. All these scriptures point us to the fact that God has called us and has saved us to become like his Son Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So after he preached about the kingdom, guess what Jesus went on to do? He went on to raise disciples. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Then do you know what he did next? He raised disciples. Then the next thing he did was that he expected these disciples to have influence in the society. So you realize that Jesus said things like you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. So these disciples they are they are the, the sign of their their faith or um the essence of their encounter with Jesus or they staying and spending time with Jesus is that they went on to affect their society. True Christianity affects community. We cannot talk about we, we can question your Christianity when we don't um we don't see you influence your society. Amen. Then the fourth thing is that he, he started the church. And the church there is the word ecclesia. The word church is a called out ones a peculiar people a chosen people and we there was a thing uh, one year um, our theme was church unusual right and we looked at things about the church unusual that it was a praying church so if we are going to be the church that Jesus started we must be a praying church a church of fellowship we said fellowship is that which is derived or arrives after a joint participation of many so Another thing that marked the church in Acts 2, 42, right down to 46 there about, is is, is prayer, fellowship, and the word of God. The Bible says they continued in the word, in fellowship, in prayer-ish. Yeah, if there's one thing we should see, is much prayer in your life. The church that Jesus started is a praying church. If we stop praying, we are not being the church that Jesus started. Hey, this year of um, glorious things, we are going to pray. Are you in the house? So if you don't like prayer, it will be very difficult for you this year, because it's, 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 we are going to pray. There are many benefits of prayer. Are you with me? So then Jesus went on to start a church, and we said it's a gathering, that the church goes beyond the building. The church goes beyond the denomination. The church is a people. Without the people, the building is empty. When we live here, we are not the church again. This place ceases to be the church. The church is the people who are moving. Are you with me? Yeah. The church is a people. In many countries now, church buildings are being are becoming more and more empty. Yeah. Church buildings have been given out for warehouses and things. Restaurants have bought church buildings. You get what I'm saying? So if we focus so much on living as the righteousness of God only in the building, then we can question our Christianity. Are you in the house? Are you sure you're here at all? Right. Amen. So those are the four scopes if you look at Jesus' life. And in this kingdom that God has invited us into, when you look at the teachings of Jesus and the life of Jesus, you realize that there were some principles that Jesus taught Jesus lived. If you read the book of Acts 1, you realize the Bible says that Jesus, um, Luke was talking about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So he both taught and he both lived the message. Are you with me? Yeah. So if Jesus preached about love, you realize that you meet the woman with the, um, the woman who was caught in adultery, adultery, the very act, and shows mercy. He lived out what he preached. Are you in the house? Yeah, so if you look at the teachings of Jesus and the life of Jesus, you'll see some principles that God has designed in his wisdom. That as kingdom people... Okay, so what's God's kingdom? God's kingdom is God's sovereign rule in bringing men into a love relationship with himself. His sovereign rule, his work at bringing men into a love relationship with himself. That's what the kingdom of God is basically about. His sovereign rule, his work, his work. So anytime God is doing something in bringing men into a love relationship with himself. That's why Jesus taught his disciples that if there's one prayer you should be praying, you should be praying that God's kingdom will come. Meaning that his sovereign rule will come. <laughs> people will enter a love relationship with him. People will submit to him. People will surrender to him. Are you with me at all? Hey, are you here? Yeah. Wesley, your people, are there. did you interview them before bringing them to this side of the auditorium? Because this is, the, this is where men's support comes from when I'm preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you in the house? Yeah, yeah okay, all right. So I'm saying that if you look at Jesus' life, you realize that there's some principles marked in his life, and these principles are principles that God has designed that if you follow Wesley, you enjoy your life in the kingdom. It's amazing how we want to live by the world's principle and enjoy the life in God's kingdom. It does not work like that. God's kingdom moves by God's principles if you are in the kingdom of God, then you must live by his principles. Not your ideas, not somebody's suggestion, not popular opinion, but the principles that are laid out in the truth of God's way. And that's what we don't see in this generation. Everybody rises up and feels like, this is what is good. This is what I feel like doing. And says, oh, it's my life. I want to do it. I just feel like doing it. Let me do it. That is the principles that are us in the kingdom of God. The principles are found in his way. And tonight, I'm just sharing three principles that Jesus made. Number one, Acts 8, Matthew 6, from verse 25. I told you today, we are reading our Bible, so let me also open. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 25, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. Matthew 6, 25, what you put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? As see, if you worry, you can become taller. See, I don't want to say anything. Somebody will think I'm talking about him or him. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither tall nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Mm. You say, by the time you finish dressing, when they bring a lily, it has dressed more than you. Yeah. <laughs> you can wear the most expensive thing, but God will just bring one lily. And it's worth more than your dressing. Huh? Amen. Now, if God so close the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will you not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So the first principle that God has designed for you to enjoy your life as a Christian or as a follower of Jesus, or as a kingdom person, is the principle of seeking first the kingdom of God. Yes. The principle of seeking first the kingdom of God. The principle. Look at what Jesus said. He said, People of little faith are those who are thinking about what to eat, drink, or wear. Anytime you are thinking about this, you are operating at a low level of faith. Yeah so you, you, you've not started living a life anybody who is so conscious what to like wear what to like eat I have to do this I have to save this I can't dress what is this you are going here what do we wear Come dinner is coming any anytime you are so worried about such things you are a man of little faith yeah you are a man of little faith yes it's a true measure a man of what you eat some of you are thinking about what you eat after serve. it's a headache for you. you can't even understand my preaching because you are thinking about what you eat yeah you are worried. Anxiety is. It says that you are you are a man of little faith. Hmm. What does Jesus also tell us? He says that God knows what exactly we need, and He's ready to supply everything we need. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. Meaning that what, all you are looking for, God is. God is in a hurry to supply for you. <laughs> Everything you are looking for, everything you are trusting God, everything that you think is important, that is needed. He said, your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. Anything that you need, God is interested in supplying. But it says that this is the principle. Leave, put the kingdom of God first. And he said, I'll take care of that. Yes, Bible says that there's nothing good, there's nothing good that you withhold from us. <laughs> hallelujah i said all you are looking for god is willing and ready to supply he said the kingdom of god must be of priority and i realized that the reason why people don't seek the interest of god's kingdom is because we don't know the worth of our king we've not placed the right value on who our king is we really don't look at jesus and say that this is we don't know his value we think that jesus is just one of the other people to you, Jesus is, 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 is who you go to in your free time. He's, he's, not, like, he's not your king. Yeah. Because you've not submitted. You've not surrendered. You see, if, you are, if Jesus is your king, then you're yeah, submitted to him. What's the interest of God's kingdom? The salvation of souls is one. We all know. Bible says that God doesn't desire that anyone should perish. That, that all should come to repentance. Are you in the house? The salvation of souls. Yeah. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. So God's desires that no one will perish. When Jesus came, he said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So God's desires that no one should perish. The salvation of soul. I Aside the salvation of souls, also connected to the salvation of souls is the discipling of souls. Yes. The Great Commission doesn't end with preaching to people. The great commission continues. You see preaching evangelism is the first step of discipleship we win the people so we can disciple them that's in Matthew 28 verse 16 you know the great commission actually starts from verse 16 we usually quote from verse 18 but the commission starts from 16 because in verse 16 he says that and Jesus spoke to his disciples he came to his disciples and he spoke to them so the great commission is a commission given to disciples not just anybody who is in church because it takes a disciple to raise another disciple. One way you know we know you're a carpenter is by your produce. If you're a disciple of Jesus, one way we know you're truly a disciple is the disciples who are in your life. Yeah, not just being in church. Being in church is an easy thing, or you don't think so. But your fruit, but the disciples. So I want to ask you a simple, after being a Christian for all these years, who is your disciple? Who is following you? Who are you raising? Who are you shepherding? Who are you speaking into? Who? Who is following? Some of us, we don't care about the next generation. The next generation is just following. Look, if you are truly interested in God's kingdom, you'll be discipling. That's why one of the people who I so admire as Sunday school teachers. Yes. I tried it and I realized that it's not my calling. Because if I say sit and you don't sit, it worries me. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing this some time ago, teaching young people, the warnings I was giving them in their class. And I just like, this is not, I don't think I've been called to do this. I just left. Like, I in the house. yeah. So when I see people who are discipling the next generation, I'm so excited. Because they are fulfilling God's will. They are seeking the interest of God's kingdom. Everything designed in CY, the goal is the salvation of souls and the discipleship of the nations. The discipling the nations. That's what we do, what we do. Yeah. that's what we do our goal is not for you to come and see superstars here. when we are going to the north what do you think we are going for the last went in, in the north when in October we raised over 100,000 cities yeah uh, what's the goal disciples the great commission the preaching the sending of the gospel the, we are seeking the interest of God's kingdom yes that's why we exist maybe you join CY you don't know why you are here this is why we exist Are you in the house? Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. So our efforts, if you are somebody who is seeking the interest of God's kingdom, your efforts is towards the the advancement of these things I've told you. The salvation of souls and the discipling of people. The salvation of souls and the discipling of people. And if you are somebody who is seeking the interest of God's kingdom, these two things will be priority in your life. Meaning that all your decisions you've taken today, when we look at majority of it, it should have been connected to this. The salvation of souls and the discipling of nations. Huh. Can I ask you what you've been doing today? Have you been involved in the salvation of souls and the discipling of nations? So we are so interested in building a kingdom for ourselves. It's interesting. It's hmm. interesting. You know, if the kingdom of God is is you are living for the interest of God's kingdom, what it means is that your choices will be based on the interest of God's kingdom. Your choices, even where to stay. If you're a kingdom person, where you stay will determine where you stay. Your job you do, where you go to. Yes, I know people who move, who change location from where God has planted them in a kingdom, just because of an increase in salary. I'm telling you, increase in salary. Sometimes just by 500 cities, do, 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 they want to stop everything in the kingdom of God. Yes. So God has planted you to, you. Some of this, people when they are moving, ask them, so is there a church there? Is there a fellowship? Is there a place you can serve with your gifts? They said, I don't know. You don't know you've made a decision. Before you make the decision, when they ask you, do you want this job? Tell them, I, I need to check something first. Go and see what God is doing there and see if God is calling you to what he's doing in the community before you think about the job. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But most of you don't. Most of you don't. You, you choose a school. You're, you're a scholar. You're just looking for a scholarship. You're not thinking about what God is calling you to do in that nation. Yeah. Even what, who you marry, is, is you have to... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I say who you marry. Your, your your focus should be on the interest of God. That's why you have to marry based on purpose. That's why you have to be thinking: How is this lady? How is this guy going to contribute to me fulfilling God's purpose, the salvation of souls, and the discipline of nations? Yeah. Some of you just yeah, fine or you're no fine. you fine, then you're just going. I'm amazed. I'm surprised. Yeah. Some of us, all your choices, yourself, you have got to make decisions about a relationship this year. It's all about beauty and that which fades. Yeah, it's beauty and that which fades. You've made that mistake over oh, and this year too. You want to make that same mistake? Not. You are not thinking about that. why purpose should be to guide you. Purpose. Before you start talking about where you live with the person and your, the colors for your wedding, I talk about purpose. Yeah, we are generation following the glamour. That's why in, in the, the divorce rate in the church is the same as in the world. The same. Because the same We are using this. They're just the, diff, the only difference is that we identify as Christians. But the reason for us marrying is what the world is using. Body, job. How this person makes me look good. This, and that is the reason. That is, the, that's what the world uses. Yeah, that's what they don't think about purpose. They don't think about purpose. Yeah, <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, this is a, a wisdom for somebody. You see, this scripture, one day Bishop Pope was asked, What is the key to prosperity? Now, his church is one of the most prosperous churches in the world. Yeah. Every project he said he had a revelation. Say <laughs> so he was reading his Bible one day and saw that Jesus created the world in six days. He said he can finish any project in the world in one year. If, say, if Jesus used six days to create the whole world then what is a church building he can do it in one year yeah he was actually building a church and the engineers came to tell him that look this thing architecturally is not possible you need pillars he said no. what God showed me when I prayed there were no pillars there yeah he said there's no pillar you can't bring your he said, There's no-. and he builds the thing without yeah his church says 50,000 45,000 people three services on Sunday and they have overflow. Yeah, telling you. Back to back. Autarcho in church on Sunday, sometimes 3,000 people have given their life to Christ. 3,000 people. Prosperous church in every way. One day they took an offering to buy a jet. Not Sunday. They took offering. Like we are going to buy a plane. They took offering. Yeah. And they had the money for the plane. No long talk. No day Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, you have to call the people from the office. Like, how you? Some of you have been calling you from the office. Yeah, That you pledged the account, five hundred dollars, thousand. When are you bringing it, Rodsman, OVM? No, 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 no. No long term Prosper. He said. Then he asked him, "What's the key to prosperity?" He said, "Matthew 6:33. Yeah. See, this is the true key to prosperity. Hmm. You see, when you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. So, yeah, so you've used all your life and your mind and your strength and you're giving to your business. That's how come it's not flourishing. Take care of God's business like that. To amaze you what God will do. You see, God can do for you in an hour what you cannot do for yourself in your lifetime. I'm telling you, Ecclesiastes 3.14, that's one of my key scriptures in my life. What God shall do, it shall be forever. What God will do will be forever. Yeah. Are in the house. Yeah. It is. And you see, some of us, we've been, not all, everybody, in I mean, this camp, if you are at camp, you know that one of the prophecies or one of the things hanging over our lives as a ministry is the, the prophecy or the word that we are, every member is going to walk in wealth. That all of us are going to walk in prosperity. It was given at camp in various ways. But the way to ensure that this comes to pass is by Matthew 6.33. Yeah. I wish I could give you one oh one ways of making wealth. There's a place for that. But I'm telling you that the key to true prosperity is seeking the interest of God. See, don't, and those of you who are passionate for Jesus, who are going all out for Jesus. Don't be ashamed though. Keep going. Keep going. You to amaze you that one in the next few years, in the next 10 years, will know who to be clear that you're a prosperous person. Yeah. Who to be clear that you're a wealthy person? Gambling. Let me, let me go there. Maybe some of you cross over. Gambling. Betting is not the key to prosperity. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Those who still have the apps and once in a while, you check what is happening. It is not the key. It is not the key to prosperity. Listen. Listen. You, anyone who bets will become poor. That's the prophecy. That's the, that's the true end of everyone who bets. Those who are gambling. Those who are, you are found in various, you see, you, the least thing you want to gamble. Yeah, young guy, you get up, 1975, it was, it, uh, these two numbers came. 78, it came. 2000, it came. It, 5th July, that same year, it came. Today is 5th July, so it means it's coming. Hey, look, look, It you never become prosperous, show me a man who has had true wealth through gambling and betting. It rather makes you poor. Number two, second principle. Don't let me go there. I have a, a focus. Is, <laughs> number two, second principle. If you are going to enjoy life in the kingdom, I told you the first principle is what seeking the interest of God's kingdom, your plans, your life. Draw it on the kingdom. If I ask you for your plan right now, most of you, there's nothing kingdom inside. Yeah, when I you show me your life plan for 10 years, we won't see anything kingdom. It's ways to make yourself a king. <laughs> Let's bring you in. It's just ways to make you yourself a king. It's amazing. Number two. Let me know. Stay there. Number two. The second principle is greatness comes by service. Hmm. Greatness comes by service. First of all, we have to understand that we are saved. You should write this. We are saved to serve. First Corinthians 6.20. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Another of my my key verses in my life is 2 Corinthians 5.15. And he died for all, that those who live should should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Anyone who is saved will be found in God's service. Once you are born again, one of the things that will mark your life is to be found in God's service. There is joy in serving the Lord. There is joy. The greatest fulfillment in your life will be found when you are are doing what God created you for. And that's worship. Service. You find the greatest fulfillment, people of God, you can go to Atlanta and take a picture, you'll still be empty. The greatest fulfillment in your life is found when you are serving God. I'm telling you. serving God. Hmm. So, under serving God. said so the joy of there's joy in serving the Lord, right? And I told you you see when I was thinking about worship, worship goes beyond the song. Worship is how you live. Worship is not 20 minutes in the service. So what you are doing at home, serving God at home, wherever you find yourself, that's true worship. Yeah. So if you are in a department, and you are set down and you're doing all current things and think that oh, what I'm doing is not true worship. No, serving God is worship. Yeah. Singing is is an aspect. Yeah, every other, all those aspects count, are in the house. Yeah. So, there's joy in serving the Lord. Tell anybody, there's joy in serving the Lord. The other thing is that greatness comes through service. So, you can write that, greatness comes through service. Luke 22, 24. Now, there was also a dispute among them, Jesus' disciples. As to which of them should be considered the greatest? And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I among you as the one who saves? Yet I am amongst you as the one who saves. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that look, when you want to see greatness according to the world standard, is the one who is able to call me, hey, do this, do this. That's the great one. But say in the kingdom of God, is the one who is serving. That's the greater one. So a true measure of somebody who is great or somebody who is going to become great is somebody who is actively serving God. Yeah, actively serving God. Jesus said, I among you, I am the one who is, sa- I am a servant. Hey, God came from heaven to be a servant. You you can't save the Lord. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Start with first stop. Banana God came from heaven and he, came to, he became a servant. Philippians 2, 5 actually says that, let this mind be in you, which was also, also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the very form of God considered it not robbery to be equal with God but took, made himself of no reputation took upon himself the form of a servant, the form of a servant, he became a servant yes if you are going to be great or if you, you want to be great then you should be a man of service, you should be somebody who is continually serving God we are not talking about service you do in January, we are talking about a life of serving God, yes we don't serve a ministry. We serve God through a ministry. What you do in CY, I don't think you are doing it for somebody, maybe the founder and chairman. No, we are serving God through the ministry. So your attitude in service should be as though it's God who has called you. So that when you're in a setup team and your head calls you, should, it's, it's, it's not because the head has called you. It's God who, is need, who needs you and he has called you. If you're in a choir and you are called, it's not the leader who is calling it's God who is calling you because you are serving him. You are not serving a ministry. Hmm. Hallelujah. So service is key to greatness. It's it's actually the secret to all forms of greatness. We hope you've been blessed by this message. You know, listening to a message once is never enough. Stay connected for more and follow us on Instagram at ahava underscore dancewoman to get in touch. Remember, you are loved. Stay blessed.